The Asbury Revival has sparked a new interest in spiritual things. So, is it real, or is it, as some say, just an emotional manipulation? Let's see what the Bible says about that. To our podcast. I'm so glad that you clicked. I hope that you like this co- this podcast. Comment if you have any questions or anything like that, and then subscribe to our channel. We post this every Wednesday morning at eight o'clock. So yeah. it's our podcast. So we're excited to welcome Nick Harris back to the podcast today. Yeah. He's a, a regular for us, and we're grateful for that. He uh, brings to the table pastoring experience of 62 years. That's just wow. Crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing than, to me. <laughs> it's longer than I've been alive, so yeah. that's awesome. That's uh, he also is uh, our local expert, really, on church history. Yeah. So that's not my forte. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, but it, it's his forte. I aspire to be with his knowledge. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so he's experienced a lot of ministry in those years and with all of his research and reading. But uh, one of the unique pieces that he brings to the table today is that he was part of the Jesus Revolution of the 70s. So yeah. uh, the movie's popular today. It ties into this, this subject today. So it's interesting as we think about revival in our land and spiritual renewal. And specifically, we'll start today with the Asbury Revival. Yeah. So Asbury College is mm-hmm. a Christian college in uh, Wilmore, Kentucky. Relatively small school, sixteen hundred mm-hmm. students in a in a small town of six thousand. Wow! Um, on February eighth of this year, they had a chapel service, and following that service, students initiated and uh, led a prayer time and worship time that continued for the rest of the day, night, next day, and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it continued for weeks at at the college campus, and in the days that followed. People from other schools came to visit. People from other states, people from other countries began to mm-hmm. come to see mm-hmm. what God was doing there. And there were uh, great stories of of prayer and deliverance and God working. Yeah. And so uh, as time passed, you began to see something similar happening on other Christian college campuses. You saw mm-hmm. similar movements uh, where there was extended times of prayer and worship and gathering together, reconciliation. Uh, it happened on, just to name a few of them, Virginia Theological Seminary, Cedarville University in Ohio, Campbellsville mm-hmm. University, Lee University, Sanford University. Mm-hmm. And then public public colleges began to um, make announcements that that was happening on their campus as well. We heard that about A&M, yeah. uh, Baylor, and a few others. Mm-hmm. So uh, as that spread there on the campus, it began to be more than what the one room could hold. They began to open up other rooms on the campus at Asbury and um, recently, the school announced that they were, were no longer going to be able to host the event on the campus because it had grown so large and it was beginning to have security concerns, obviously. So it has moved to uh, another location at this point. And it just it brings about some interesting questions you know, about this kind yeah. of movement. And people have asked those today. And if you've Googled or YouTubed anything, listened to podcasts, you know there's a lot of different opinion about that. Yeah. We're going to get to that today, but I, I do want to point out also that this is um, this is not the first time this has happened, even at the Asbury College. Wow. They have a history of this happening. In fact, we were just talking to Brother Nick, and he said that he was or he remembers when it happened in one of their other um, larger times, I guess, in uh, 1970, 70. February, mm-hmm. also February of that year. Yeah. So tell us that what was that was the last time before mm-hmm. this time that it has happened. So. Okay. 
<clears throat> there had been other times prior to that, but uh, there was one in 1907, mm. and then the one in 1970 mm-hmm. uh, was um, kind of in conjunction with what was happening in California and other places. Well, okay. And and I was a student at Southwestern Seminary at that mm-hmm. time. In Fort Worth. In Fort Worth. Okay. And uh, uh, a student from Asbury mm. came to Fort Worth, came wow. to the, as was invited to come and speak in the chapel. Mm, And he told about what was going on at Asbury College, and Mm. uh, it was a very exciting time. In Mm. fact, there was kind of a wave of revival fervor. It was at that same time that Miss Bertha Smith and uh, uh, other people came to the campus, and Dr. Cal Guy was uh, the the man who kind of led that. Mm. He's the missions professor, was the missions professor at uh, Southwestern. Wow. And uh, there was uh, a lot of uh, prayer, a lot of... uh, uh, worship. Uh, okay. Unfortunately, I was extremely busy at that time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was uh, working three jobs and going to school and had a young family. And mm-hmm. so I didn't, I was not as much involved, although I was excited about yeah, it. Yeah, sure. I was very sure. excited about it. Yeah. So had the same marks, I guess, as what we're seeing today, where student initiated, there's prayer, right. Right. extended prayer beyond just a normal gathering. Right. Right. All night kind of prayer, people mm. gathering and just staying up all night and mm. uh, for hours at a time and, and weeping, a lot of confession. There was a lot okay. of, uh, one of the things that I've been excited about this, I've heard that many of the students uh, are calling their parents mm. and asking for forgiveness wow. and wow. saying, you know, I I, I wasn't, uh, I was mm. rebellious or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and making confession. And then there are a lot of uh, a wow. reconciliation among uh, yeah. people who had yeah. uh, had bad relationships okay. and things like that. So those are all pretty much consistent. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Sounds to me like some repentance <laughs> stuff. Yeah, there you some, go. Some that's people good. knock the Asbury Revival for not having, yeah. oh, repentance isn't on the front page, but right. sometimes it takes a little bit of time that's yeah. right. for there to be action on the yeah. convictions. Yeah. So we'll get to this question, you know, so is this real today, what we're watching? Is this genuine revival? Is this just emotionalism? Is yeah. this just manufactured? Uh, we've, we've watched some folks online say this is of the devil. You know, these mm-hmm. are supposed to believers who hold up the Bible and yeah. say this is demonic, what's happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't get that. But no. we'll, we'll answer this question, is this genuine, is this real? But I think... Uh, what I'd like to do first is go back to the 70s. Okay. So I'd um, like to do that too. <laughs> exactly. That'd be, be fun. Um, so we have the movie, The Jesus Revolution, that has come out, and it is uh, a replay, a retelling of the 1970s Jesus wow. movement. Yeah. And we have the fortunate privilege today of having Brother Nick with us, who was in that. You were yeah. part of that. Yeah. So let's start with, with this question. So you're a young pastor at the time. Is what we see in the movie, is that how you remember it? Was it happening just like that? It, it really was. I think mm-hmm. the movie is very, very accurate. Well, now, of course, I wasn't in California, mm-hmm. okay, but uh, I was here in Dallas. Okay. And, well, of course, you might know or have heard that they had Expo 72 mm-hmm. okay. here in Dallas. I was pastoring at Daniel Dale Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, went there in 71. I was there in 71 and 72. Well, and... Uh, and we had a real move. We had a, a lot of young people hmm. that uh, were saved during wow. that time. Okay. In fact, um, uh, Bob and Teresa Nix yeah. and all oh, of the nice. ones that we, that we know, know. Uh, yeah. that we know are 
uh, today that are, of course, a lot older. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but their their lives were radically changed during that uh, time. Well. And, uh, and so they we, really are wearing bell-bottom jeans and yeah. no shoes <laughs> and right. flower power and right. crazy colors. And, and see, there's the interesting thing. When I left Danieldale in uh, 1972, mm-hmm. uh, we moved to uh, Halls, Tennessee. Hmm. And Halls, Tennessee was a rather sophisticated church. It was First mm. Baptist Church of Halls. And <laughs> okay. So uh, I'd never pastored a sophisticated church. <laughs> but uh, almost immediately, uh, we began to reach out to the young people in the area. Mm-hmm. And they were, uh, they were hippie-type kids. Mm. Wow. And, uh, many, and you're about how old at this I time? I was 28. Okay. And, uh, and they began to get saved. And we began, in fact... They would come over to our house on mm. Sunday night. <laughs> I get emotional. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, but they'd come good. over to the house on Sunday night after church, wow. and that's where we really had church. Wow. I mean, wow. we would be on our knees. We'd be singing. And, of course, Jesus music had yeah. come out mm-hmm. then, Honey yeah. Tree and yeah. Second Chapter of Acts, all these wow. uh, Chuck Gerard, all these yeah. uh, uh, mm. singers. And it was the beginning, really, of contemporary Christian music. Wow. Exactly. But it was all Jesus centered, uh, yeah. Keith Green, and yeah. all, all of those. Wow. And man, we wow. would listen to those songs and we would pray. We had what we call conversational prayer, where yeah. we just yeah. prayed wow. and, and we'd pray for a, an hour or two, and it seemed like 10 minutes. You wow. Know? wow. And That's awesome. so that was going on in the. Uh, in our home, yeah, and of course, a lot of the kids they they had long hair, and, <laughs> and they did have bell bottoms. And they yeah. uh, had shorts, and mm-hmm. they had were barefooted. And when they started coming into that sophisticated church, <laughs> it was a whole lot like what you see in the movie, yeah. actually. Wow. And we had some people who really, really resisted it. Wow! And uh, <clears throat> but it wasn't it wasn't quite as bad as in the movie because. Most of the people, most of these young people were, it was a small town, and so they all knew them. Okay. And so. uh, They weren't strangers coming in. They weren't strangers coming Mm -hmm. in, that's right. So it was, uh, but it was was a a wonderful, wonderful time. And we had a group come up from Memphis, Tennessee in 1972. 72 or three. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were all converted hippies. Wow. And they came in, and some of them had hair. One one boy had hair all the way down to his hips. I mean, it was, <laughs> uh, he looked like Legolas in uh, yeah, yeah. Lord of the Rings. I'm sure the, the nice, sophisticated people were a little shocked. <laughs> yeah, they were shocked. And in fact, they came bringing all these guitars. And one lady said, a guitar has never been played in the First Baptist Church in Halls. And wow. I said, well, after tonight, we won't be able to say that anymore. <laughs> and we had a glorious revival that week. Wow. I mean, it was uh, an ama- some amazing things happened. In wow. fact, uh, even uh, in a natural thing, there was a storm coming in, and we had planned to we had moved our service out to the football field because wow. we couldn't get everybody yeah. in the church. We were going to have it on the football field, and they said uh, the weather people were saying this massive storm was coming, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. uh, so we said, "Well, what are we going to do?" And one of the the long Longest yeah. haired guy. Yeah. He said, Look, if God sent us up here, told us to do this, then let's do it, rain or shine. And so we prayed, <laughs> got out on the football field, prayed, and the clouds came and they just parted. Wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was That's amazing. Awesome. They had storms to the north, storms to the south, and we did not have one drop of rain wow. on that football field. 
That's good. incredible. And, and uh, I don't know what it did for the rest of the town, but for that group of people, yeah. it was a faith-confirming experience, yeah. and it was mm-hmm. a, it was a glorious. Wow. So that was. Uh, but you got to see it up close, the person. Yeah, it was it real. Was, it, it was, was genuine. real. It was real. It and really they, was. It wasn't like you were just bringing the world into the church. They, no, they were no. coming in, but they were they were changed people. Absolutely. Although they mm-hmm. still had their bell bottom jeans and no right. shoes and. And their guitars. Yeah. And that that's one thing. There was kind of a subculture mm-hmm. uh, during that time of people who had rebelled against the emptiness that they yep. had seen in church. A yeah. lot of them had yep. uh, had grown up in church, but they yeah. they had seen so much hypocrisy, so much right. phoniness, <clears throat> so much racism. Yeah. And, uh, and a lot of it was in connection with the uh, civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was in the, uh, uh, connection with the, the n- renewed focus on the return of Christ. Mm. Hal Lindsey's book, The Late mm-hmm. Great Planet Earth, mm-hmm. and all these books on the second coming <clears throat> right. come out and just emphasize it, Jesus coming back. I personally thought he was coming back in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was... Uh, uh, I used to say I'd go out in my backyard and have rapture practice. I'd jump up and down. Oh, and, uh, yeah. But uh, we what, were, what was that one book from the 70s? It was like, uh, here's all these reasons why he's coming back. Oh, yeah, there was in the 80s. In the 80s. Uh, eight, was, 88 reasons why Jesus is come, <laughs> coming back in 88. Yeah. And, and of course, uh, I think the positive thing about it, the Bible says, though, those who have this hope, the right. hope of the second coming, they they purify themselves, exactly. yeah. and that's what we saw with these young people. Mm. Man, that's they really they got rid of their drugs, they got rid of their tobacco, mm. they got mm-hmm. rid of their alcohol, mm. and uh, they said, "We want to be clean." We, yeah. you know, Jesus. If Jesus <clears throat> is coming back, we want him to come back and find us living for him. And so that was, I think, that's kind of the yeah. emphasis that you see even <clears throat> in the movie. Yeah, and, uh, that's really good. So, so it in, was real. It was real, yeah. And in the movie, of course, we see um, some of the church's reaction to it. There were critics of it. And I guess there was in your day as well. There, was. there were those yeah. who, who looked at it uh, with a critical eye. What, what, was, um, what was the message or what were the critics saying about it in that day? Well, they, weren't, they really did not even consider the spiritual aspect of it. Hmm. They just looked at it from the standpoint of they're going to come in here with their dirty feet. They're hmm. going to... Hmm. Set on our clean pews, yeah. and they're gonna. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're just. Uh, I think one of the lines in the uh, in the movie uh, early on yeah. when uh, this woman said they need Jesus, and and the pastor said yeah. no, they need a bath. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's the way a lot of the people in our church felt about it. Yeah, and uh, I will say that even most of our older members really got on board with it. They really okay, got well. excited about it. Okay. They didn't understand it. Yep. And I don't know mm-hmm. that it really spread to them, but they were excited to see this many young people mm-hmm. come into church mm-hmm. and uh, going over to the pastor's house and stay mm-hmm. until midnight. Yeah. And yeah. They, they thought that was that was kind that was of wonderful. Yeah. Wow. So what were some of the things that when you looked at it helped you know, this is yeah. this is genuine. This is the real deal. 
Yeah. Well, I think for me, it was the the passionate love for Jesus. Mm-hmm. I just, I remember uh, as we would gather on Sunday nights at the house, it was just, that was the, the main focus. Mm-hmm. We just want to love Jesus. We want to love Jesus. And we had a few in the uh, youth group that were artists. Mm-hmm. And I remember them going up to the youth room and they drew uh, pictures of one nice. way. Of course, one way, that was one of the yeah. Main, yeah. main symbols of that right. day. And uh, they just decorated the entire room wow. with, uh, I guess some people would call it graffiti, but it was Christian <laughs> graffiti. Yeah, right. And it was it was beautiful, <clears throat> and uh, uh, that was exciting. And yeah. it was, uh, but I, I think the the main focus really wasn't even on the return of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It was just on Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Living for Him, living, for thinking him. about Him, wanting to do what He said, yeah. well, and loving him. one another. I just remember mm-hmm. how much they loved to. Uh, to fellowship together, and yeah. they love to be together. Yeah. And, uh, and they did witness some. It, it wasn't really as evangelistic, maybe. Right. The focus wasn't on evangelism. <clears throat> right. The focus was more on purity. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get our own lives right. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's be ready. Let's be ready mm-hmm. for Jesus to come back. It's wow. good. It's good. It's awesome. So... Um, you have that in the 70s, but that wasn't the first time that America had seen revival or spiritual renewal. So right. this is where we'll lean into your church history experience and knowledge. Uh, talk about some of the other revivals that happened in America prior to that. Well, I guess the one that most people are familiar with was the the Great Awakening, they call it. Mm-hmm. It, it was a time of very, very depressed spiritual thinking in America. The Puritans... Had uh, had come over in the 1600s, okay. and they had had a, a, a major influence on shaping mm-hmm. the religious yeah. thought in America. But that waned. It in mm-hmm. uh, by the early 1700s, uh, very few people, in percentage wise, were even attending church. Wow. And there was a real uh, there was a lot of drunkenness, a lot of uh, focus on greed, hmm. and uh, and. In the 1730s, uh, a revival started in, uh, um, uh, well, in the New England states. Yes. Right. And it spread. And it, it uh, Jonathan Edwards, of course, mm-hmm. was okay. the one that we're most familiar with. But then okay. later, he was uh, uh, joined by George Whitfield, okay. by John and Charles Wesley. Hmm. And, uh, in fact, uh, Asbury hmm. College is yeah. named for... Um, the the man that he yeah. was a, a great Methodist <clears throat> wow. leader. I forgot his first name, but his <laughs> yeah. last, last name was Asbury. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's 1700s, which another conversation altogether, but you're talking about late 1700s. Now we're getting up into 1776, right. and yeah. there's a lot of things that are well, happening that help shape even right. the founding father's perspective. And, and most True. people would say, that uh, the revivals of from 1750 on, they started kind of in, set in the early 1730s, mm-hmm. but it really reached its heyday <clears throat> in the 1750s. Uh, Benjamin Franklin absolutely mm. loved George Whitfield. Wow. He said he would walk uh, uh, 20 miles to hear him preach. Wow. And, uh, and in fact, there was a time when George Whitfield was probably known by more people in the, in the colonies than than any other individual. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. He was a, a absolutely powerful 
yeah. powerful preacher. Great, yeah. Maybe a greater influence mm-hmm. on the founding fathers even than Jonathan wow. Edwards. Jonathan Edwards died re- relatively young. Mm-hmm. And yeah, to you, this is... This is common knowledge almost, but for most people today, I say most Christians, even for me, that that's not yeah. what I grew up knowing. That's not yeah. taught yeah. anymore. So that's for sure. It's uh, it's fascinating to me because I don't. Yeah, that's not my subject, but well, it's it not really, well known. It really shaped the Declaration of Independence, yes. even though Thomas Jefferson mm-hmm. was not. Uh, yeah. an evangelical, you'd say. Mm-hmm. He was definitely influenced, and you By, can yeah. see it. You can Absolutely. hear it, and in yeah. the Constitution, especially, uh, you can see it and hear it. And uh, uh, and and just so many of the founding fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you go to Wall Builders, yeah, uh, yeah. David Barton, um, mm-hmm. and, and just read some of the firsthand accounts. So many of those founding fathers were actually pastors. Wow! Wow! So, wow. what were the marks of that revival, say, in comparison or contrast to the Jesus Revolution of the seventies? Yeah. What's what's same? What's not same? Yeah, I think the focus of that revival was on the greatness of God and okay. the glory of God, mm-hmm. the uh, right. uh, the sovereign control yeah. of God. Even so many of the, I mean, look, I think it was Benjamin Franklin at the very first Continental Congress. He said, you know, if a sparrow cannot fall mm, yep. without the knowledge of the sovereign God, then surely a nation cannot rise without his wow. aid. Ooh, and so they, uh, yeah. they were saturated in yeah. Pilgrim's Progress. That mm-hmm. was the most popular book besides the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Geneva Bible was, was their Bible. Yep. It was mm-hmm. the Bible of the early Americans. And, uh, and so the, the focus was a return to Recapturing the greatness, the glory, the sovereignty, the yeah. majesty of uh, of God and yeah. the, and the and the and the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure out of that uh, sparked a lot of hymn writing as as oh, well. Yeah. Wouldn't you say from all that time? Yeah. So that's just another thing yeah, coming out true. of those those uh, revivals. Yeah. In fact, Charles Wesley wrote hundreds of hymns. Mm-hmm. We still sing many of them today. Yeah. Wow. So that that introduces in this an interesting conversation that though we can call that and what happened in the 70s both revivals or renewals and though they have some similarities they have some differences yeah yeah so definitely that's okay there should be some similarities but there may be some differences along the way as well so there weren't the wide variety of cultures probably right in that time Mm-hmm. Now, when you come to the Second Great Awakening in the 1800s, okay. uh, the early 1800s, that was uh, uh, the move westward. It was the great time of great revivals, mm-hmm. great, uh, uh, and there were some uh, outstanding preachers, but these were more led by laymen and mm-hmm. by and by unnamed, unknown mm-hmm. ministers. Many okay. of the churches. Uh, you know, pastors whose names we would never recognize. Yeah. Right. But uh, but there were some some great preachers during the that wow. time, and many yeah. of the uh, Christian education started during that time. Mm. The Second Great Awakening. A lot of mm. colleges and a lot mm-hmm. of pastor training schools yeah. and things like that. Okay. Wow. That's interesting. Then, um, yeah, cultures, of course, different. Time has changed. So. Uh, it's interesting. Then, that from 1800s, we don't. There's no record of any major revival then until the 70s. Is that 
I'm well, sure there actually, were things along the way. There was one mm-hmm. in 1856, 57. It was called a prayer revival. Mm-hmm. It started in New York City. Six men who yes. gathered to pray at noon. Yeah. And there, that number grew, and it grew so huge, so large, that at one time, the whole city of New York shut down at noon wow. for people oh, to pray. And days. some <laughs> amazing stories of ships coming into the harbor and sailors on the ships uh, just feeling such a, a great, uh, overwhelming sense of conviction. They just would fall on their on the decks of the ships and cry oh, out for mercy. It's pretty, some pretty amazing stories wow. of yeah. 1856. And, of course, most people would say that that prepared the hearts of the nation for the four years mm. that were the mm-hmm. darkest days yeah. of the yeah, Civil, Civil War. War. Wow. wow. So, wow. <clears throat> but there's also accounts of revival happening in other parts of the world. Oh, absolutely. Right, yeah. that are not America. Talk, talk about those for just, just a little bit here. Well, you, that are going on right now. Well, or, or, or then. The what, what were happening, uh, some of them were, Again, they all have different uh, aspects to them. I guess sometimes they're, they've begun by businessmen who say we're going to pray, right. but sometimes they were more personality-based or preacher-based. Right. And in China, one of the greatest revivals that happened uh, in the Shandong province, it happened as Christians, as missionaries got mm-hmm. together, repented of their sin, and, and oh. confessed their emptiness and phoniness and their bickering among one another. Right. A great revival mm. took place. In fact, there's a book called Go Home and Tell, which is by Bertha wow. Smith. Mm, it's a great go. accounting of that great Shandun revival. Okay. And then there was a revival in Wales, okay. the great Welsh revival, Evan Roberts and some other uh, Christmas Evans and people like that. Mm. And it started uh, at, at a prayer meeting where a one a child just stood up and said, oh, how I do love Jesus. And he said when that happened, it was just like the Spirit of God just fell on the whole congregation. And it spread throughout Wales. In fact, uh, again, we were in Wales a few years ago, (laughs) Mm. and nobody had heard of the Welsh Revival. Yeah, right. Because that that was 100 years ago, over 100 years ago. Sadly, those stories are not always repeated. Like yeah, here in our nation, right. even yeah. America. Right. So, yeah, most I, I would guess that ninety eight percent, ninety nine percent of Americans <laughs> would not know a lot of these stories. The for Great sure. Awakening. So. What's really interesting about each of those uh, revivals and and reformations, you could say to some degree, uh, is they seem to almost be kind of setups and preparations for large cultural changes and right. shifts that are going to mm-hmm. happen. Right. Uh, it just makes you interested to see what is ahead yeah. for America yeah. today as this is beginning. And like you've even said, uh, those revivals, you're like, well, you know, it was from the 50s to the 60s, you know, or like from the 1750s to 60s. And mm-hmm. like, that's a lot of time that passes. That's and here right. we are just, this This happened this past month. <laughs> yeah, and we're right. like, wow, this is a long time. But, <laughs> but instead this, I mean, yeah. this could be the beginning of, of years worth of this, right. this type of stuff happening. Yeah. It could be. Which yeah. is, it's just very fascinating to see what, what may be ahead. As mm-hmm. again, true. people ju- making a judgment statement on, oh, this is happening right here in Asbury College right here mm-hmm. at this time, you know, good or bad. Mm-hmm. But to me, this is more of a, okay, this is like the ball is rolling now. And, yeah. and we've, we've 
started to see the setup of what's next and a little bit of preparation yeah, for what's ahead. It's true. So that brings us back to this question then about the Asbury revival yeah. and, and things that are happening in our own land today. We've kind of looked back at uh, time and history of other revivals. Again, people are saying a lot of things as people do. There's critics of what's happening at Asbury. There's those that are calling it a work of the devil, emotionalism, it's staged, it won't last. Is it, is it right to even ask the question, is it real? Are we, are we doing something wrong by asking that, or are we doing something right by asking that? I guess it would depend on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> there are people who are very cautious people, right. and they would say it's right to ask that. Right. There are other people, like me, who are more <laughs> optimistic, and yeah. I would say, yeah. you know, hey, we've been praying for revival, exactly, and then we see this happening uh why would we even question it? Why yeah. don't we just rejoice in exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I, I understand. I understand right. people being cautious. And they were, in even with in Jonathan Edwards' day. I'm mm-hmm. sure. And he wrote a, a book called The Surprising uh, Work of God uh, hmm. in in New England. And it was, uh, yeah. and he talked about how that you have to be careful. You don't want things to get out of balance. Yep. You don't want to be too critical of it. But at yep. the same time, you don't want the fire to become wildfire, yep. yeah. and uh, yep. and there's always that possibility. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. that's true. And I have read, have heard that there's as a new apostolic revival yeah. group right. that's <clears throat> swarming into uh, mm-hmm. Asbury to yeah. try mm-hmm. to try to claim it. Yeah. yeah. So sure. so that's that, something that's a scary thing. Yeah, yeah, but that's something that's interesting to me from the reports that I've heard about the Asbury College revival, uh, as they have. They've had many celebrity, famous pastors and singers come and and ask, "Hey, can I preach? Can I speak? Can I sing?" And they'll say, "No, no. You can, you can come and you can sing with us, but yeah. we're not going to put you up on stage as right. the focal point." Mm-hmm. So I think that is something very impressive for Asbury University yeah. personally. Sure. So um, let's let's start to frame the question then of how do we know it's real? What do we what do we do in response to that? Yeah. I think we can. I think we could start with that, and Brother Nick, you can help us on this. Revivals have tended to start at some very similar circumstances right. in in mm-hmm. that country at that time. What are what are some of the setups for a revival type spirit to begin? Well, usually, I would say that there is a a, a lengthy period of worldliness. Mm. Uh, kind of secular focus, mm-hmm. anti-religion, mm-hmm. or or just uh, depressed religion. You know, yep. people are just busy about worldly things. You yep. know, mm-hmm. yep. and uh, not much focus on spiritual things. Mm. And as a result of that, uh, it kind of reveals after a while the emptiness, mm-hmm. the the inability of material things mm-hmm. to truly meet spiritual needs, mm-hmm. and uh, and of course in the, in the Jesus Revolution, mm-hmm. it wasn't materialism; it was drugs more than mm-hmm. anything else. But yep. they also realized, hey, this is not doing it. You know this, right. and uh, I think there is an an innate search that mm-hmm. people have for meaning mm-hmm. whether they call it god or not they they want something to be real and meaningful mm-hmm. right and so in all the revivals it seems like that was the background of it yeah there was a 
kind of an emptiness, uh, a longing. And then the next thing was that there was a group who gathered to pray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they prayed fervently for mm-hmm. some period of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the Welsh revival, uh, there were some uh, mm. widows that wow. said when it came, said, we've been praying for three years wow. for this. And so that that seemed to have always been a yeah. uh, same thing. Yeah. As a general rule, the preaching was not, except for maybe Whitfield, the right. preaching was not outstanding. Yeah. It was, even Jonathan <laughs> Edwards, his his sermons were deep and theological, right? but they were not emotional. Yeah. He generally read his sermons. Yeah. Well, and, uh, uh, without sound equipment. Without, to that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Thousands were there. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. And uh, so it seems like it's something that kind of happened within mm-hmm. the, the congregation, people mm-hmm. coming under uh, a sense of heavy conviction, not right. just, not just. well, I know I'm not all I ought to be, but uh, right. yeah. a real brokenness. Wow. Uh, they said that when Jonathan Edwards preached his sermon at Enfield on the sinners in the hands of an angry God, mm. he said he had to stop several times because people were crying out, many of them <laughs> on the floor just wow. weeping and even <laughs> screaming and yeah. And he would just stop and wait a minute. <laughs> wow. And he'd start out, you know. Yeah. yeah. So wow. that doesn't, doesn't in, invalidate the necessity of preaching right. in our yeah. day and, and churches and worship and prayer, all of that. That leads up to that as well. But I think like what you're saying is that it's something yeah. in the hearts of the people Greater, that right. rises yeah. up in, in, yeah. in, in desperation for yeah. that to happen. And even Jonathan Edwards and and Charles West and even George Whitfield would say, we didn't yeah. bring this. Right. You know, it was happening in us, yeah. and we saw it happening in other people. They, yeah. they would not want anybody to say, uh, yeah. These were the men who, <laughs> yeah. who brought revival. George Whitfield was yeah. the guy who saved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or, or that here are the five steps that you can take yeah. for National right. Revival exactly. to break out yeah. again. Now that, no one has ever said that, I right. think, yeah. of genuine, genuine yeah. revival and renewal times. So uh, what would you say about the Billy Graham revivals then? Um, as they are, were not to the scale of a Great Awakening, Second Great Awakening, mm-hmm. a national but at the same time, still at a large scale, yeah. tens of thousands of people coming to see him. And he would not call those revivals at mm-hmm. all. Really? He would call those uh, evangelistic right. crusades or evangelistic yes. gatherings. And uh, uh, they were well orchestrated. Mm-hmm. They were highly planned. They were highly uh, mm-hmm. promoted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he would go into an area a year ahead of a, a crusade, mm-hmm. and wow. he would get hundreds of Pastors and mm. committees wow. working, and uh, publicity, everything wow. like that. I remember the one here in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, back, it was the very first uh, event in the uh, Texas Stadium. Oh wow. wow. yeah, yeah. Wow. Billy Graham really? crusade, and I, yeah. I was there. And, <laughs> nice. uh, awesome. It was amazing. But there had been thousands of hours of preparation mm-hmm. for oh, yeah. that. Yeah. And so he gathered people and encouraged. Christian people to bring their non-Christian friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His message was pure evangelism. Yeah. And then they gave the invitation and yeah. hundreds would go forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even Billy Graham would say that that was not revival. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. 
Interesting. Very interesting. So then as we look at what's happening, I think we can look back on some history, look at scripture as well. That's what we want to do is what what are the marks of a genuine revival? I mean, is it is it too early to call what's happening in Asbury and other colleges revival? Is there something else that needs to happen first or or what? Um, I'd call it revival. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. There you go. So uh, what what would make you call it revival? What are some things that we can look for and say, yeah. okay, this is? I would say from what I've heard that there was a lot of brokenness. Okay. A lot, not just tears, yeah. Yeah. but broken hearts okay. and, and a sense of genuine humility. Yep. People confessing uh, sin mm-hmm. and not just... Uh, not just horrible, awful sins, you know, yep. but confessing the sin of being selfish, the sin of being prideful, yeah. the sin of being uh, uh, not a good friend and things yeah. like that. A lot of reconciliation yep. I would mm-hmm. see as a mark of revival. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, a passion for getting the gospel out to other people. Mm. Uh, Definitely. If, if all it was was just, uh, kind of focused on our group, mm-hmm. I would say that probably is not revival. That's probably just, uh, I don't know what I'd call it. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Uh, a good, warm feeling among us, you know. Yeah. Right. right. But the fact that it it says we, we want to spread this, we, yes. want, we want to take this message to other people. Yeah. The whole world needs Jesus, you know. Yeah. And right. that was the thing about the 70s. Well, I tell you, you listen to Keith Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, he died when he was twenty-eight, but uh, mm-hmm. it's hard to believe. And he was just That's twenty-eight. Crazy. Years ago. Yeah. But uh, man, his passion was missions. We yes. gotta go tell the world mm-hmm. about Jesus mm-hmm. and. Uh, and that's what I would see as a, a mark of real revival mm-hmm. is that uh, it catches the command of the Great Commission. Yep. And it uh, catches the spirit of the commandment to love as jesus loved it's good yeah yeah so uh jonathan edwards back in 1741 he wrote uh just a, a publication he called the distinguishing marks of a work of the spirit of god and it walks right down the same path you just mm. you just mentioned that it here are the ways you can recognize a genuine move of god number one jesus is exalted in the midst of it. And you've, mm-hmm. you've made that clear today. That was happening in the 70s and these other revivals as well. Um, there was also a call to repentance. There was there was life transformation that happened. Mm-hmm. This wasn't just um, a feel-good moment, but it was a recognition of I have done wrong and I want to change. Um, the book of Acts says, repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. There has to be both of those. There can't just be um, an emotional or... Um, response to pray, worship, whatever it might be, but there's a recognition of of past sin and it want to change, a complete transformation that happens. Uh, he also said that the Bible is exalted and, and in high regard. Of course, we know that to be true and uh, sound doctrine is taught and promoted. He said, and then the fifth thing was that there's love to God and man. And that's what you've pointed yeah. out as well. I can't tell you how good it makes me feel to know that Jonathan Edwards agrees with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Uh, it's good. Yeah. That's yeah, good. Uh, so, you know, you look at today then, you think, okay, what should be our response? I think we've kind of made this clear already. There, there should be a sense of celebrating what's happening right. today, not not condemning it. If 
If it yeah. is just a spark, let let's fan it. Yes, not spit on it. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of the songs in the seventies was "It Only Takes a Spark." Yes. to get a fire going. Yes, there was. you go. That's yes, right. it was. That was a good one. Yeah, and 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 time will tell, and that that shouldn't cause us to sit back with, you know, a skeptical eye toward it. Yep. It should right. cause us to pray and and be grateful and and do what we can to to encourage that mm-hmm. as well, and and that's true on a national scale as much as it is on a personal scale. Yeah, I was thinking yesterday that I get excited when any individual says, I've fallen in love with Jesus in a fresh way. That's a personal revival. That's great. And then if it's a family, if if it spreads into a family and you see a whole family loving Jesus deeper than they used to, I say that's... Family revival. Yep. Then, if you see a church yep. getting yeah. excited and a whole church coming to yep. to, to be excited about the Lord, yep. then I I certainly would never throw any water on that. I'd, yeah. I'd wave a flag. Exactly. Yeah. Anything, I'd get the bellows going. Yeah. 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 And if it, have, if it spreads further than that, then I was thinking to me, the greatest revival is one that happens in me. Yep, it's true. Yeah. That's, that's the one I'm still praying for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we do good. the same. We should do the same thing. You know, if there's a small spark that that causes me to love Jesus more, mm-hmm. then fan, fan that. Yeah. That's right. Don't diminish it. Don't criticize it. Don't say, "Well, it should be bigger." You know. Yeah. yeah don't, exactly. don't beat it up. Exactly. Don't stamp it out. Don't spit on it. Encourage it. Go with. Yeah. That's the spirit of God. Don't don't despise the day of small things. Right. And yep. so, um, I, and I think there is a place for uh, caution as yep, well, yep. because uh, uh, anytime God is doing a work, you can be sure that the enemy is going to try yep. to maneuver it, going exactly. to try to shift it, get it exactly. out of balance in some way. Yep. And uh, that's why that's where I think good, solid theologians yes. and good pastors yep. are needed. Yes. The revival may may start among. The mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and the pastors need to to be excited about it, yeah. and then try to guide it to make sure that it doesn't yep. get Fear. over in yep. some kind yeah, of absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's what I, I thought in in pastoring. I, I thought, okay, well, I want to see that happen in our church. I believe we're seeing some indicators of that happening mm-hmm. in our church, mm-hmm. in fact. But I also want to be ready that when others come along and they've been moved in some way, for the us as a church to be ready to disciple that because. The revival is like that spark new interest and new growth, but often without a lot of depth or teaching. So right. this is the moment for the church to come alongside mm-hmm. and celebrate it and then and welcome and then teach and truly make That's disciples right. and yes. help those who are who are coming with new life. So I know one of the criticisms in the early in the Great Awakening mm. was all the emotion. Yep. <laughs> and Jonathan Edwards, you know, he said that a lot of people were critical of it because mm. of that. And his book on the affections, mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember the title of it now, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, it was about let's celebrate yep. emotion, yep. but let's don't let's don't have emotionalism. Let's right. don't have emotion yeah. just for the sake of emotion. Right. Mm-hmm. But he said that when when a person comes alive, yes. There's going to be some emotion. You yeah. can imagine when Jesus raised that little girl from the dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, he did yeah. in the Bible, 
you can't imagine his parents saying, well, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, we'll wait. Yeah. We have to wait and see what this really yeah. turns out. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, she'll probably get sick again. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems also emotional right now. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. imagine they were probably pretty yeah. emotional. Yeah, yeah. As, well, as well as the community. Right, yeah. that's right. Well, they're exciting days that we're living in today. It, yeah. it is it is the thing we've prayed for. Yeah, and so, absolutely. Uh, what a day to to see, be a part of that. And uh, we weren't, I was here in the 70s, but I was a small child, mm-hmm. totally unaware of what yeah. was happening. So yeah. um, I'm glad you got to see that then and, and seeing this today. Yeah. So any, any final thoughts for us today and well, just considering all of this? Two things. One, I'd love to see it again. Yeah. Sure. Yep. I'd love to see it in my church, in this yep. church, every church. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see it just sweep across our land. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing it seems like that revival has always done, it has prepared people for a challenge that mm-hmm. is ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is possible that five years from now, we may we may be facing some things in our country and in our world. Yeah. Uh, nuclear war. I, and who, you knows? Know, who knows yeah. what? I'm who not knows? trying to speak anything, but yeah. I, yeah. but but uh, if we are not, if our hearts are not ready, uh, we can have our pantries ready. We can have yep. uh, our, our weapons ready. We can yep. have all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff ready. But if our hearts are not ready, yep. we'll be crushed by what. Uh, comes and yeah. and I think that's what was true in the the 1700s. Yeah. It was preparing for the birth of a nation. Mm. Yeah. In the 1800s, mm. it was preparing for the division of a nation mm. and yeah. the yeah. terrible war. In fact, there were great mm. revivals among both North and South. Mm. Wow. In the um, in the camps. Mm. Wow. Uh, wow. Uh, I have a, a book called Revival in the Camps, and it's mm. it's about Great revival meetings that took place in the Union camps and in the Confederate camps. Wow. It's pretty amazing. Incredible. And, uh, and so Reconstruction, bringing the nation back together, yeah. probably could never have been done had they not been that spirit of revival. It's true. Wow. And I love it. In the 70s, the revival in the 70s prepared us for a lot of stuff in the yeah, there was a lot of social unrest that came up in the right. late 70s. Right, that's yeah, right. That would lead to greater peace and prosperity yeah. for sure in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, good. Well, I appreciate well, your your uh, input yep. and uh, insight into all of this. And it is our prayer that this this spreads, it continues, it, it, it awakens churches, it awakens uh, Christians mm-hmm. to the, the glory of Christ and, and awakens those who are dead in their sin, yeah, really. There's a, a return and that um, revival becomes far greater and Jesus becomes more important than politics in our day, yep. than the government in our day, the latest conspiracy yep. theory in our day and down the road all, with all of that. So that's our prayer and uh, we, lean, we lean into all of that, celebrate all of that and uh, we're grateful be with us today. Hope it's been encouraging to you. We're going to keep on lifting him up and living him out while we watch revival happen. Yeah. Amen. Amen.